Yes. And as a, here's a mic here for you, whoever wants to share first. I don't know about you, but uh, we're excited about having them here today. They just got back from Africa, Ethiopia, matter of fact. And so we're, are they the first church you've been, you're sharing at? Or, yes. This is your, well, this, this is a privilege today to be here today. So let's give them a hand. Yeah. That's exciting. Tell us a little bit about your trip and, and what had the Lord's have on your heart here lately. Okay, I'm told by the boss to let the kids say hi first. So go ahead and say hi. Ian Hart. Salam Nachu. I don't know how you say it. Salam Nachu, which means hello, everybody. And now this is your turn. Zeria Bakachu. What's that mean? That means God bless you all. Oh. You all done? <laughs> all right, you can go to church. They want to go to children's church. They remember Arctic okay. Rush. So they're like, can we please be in children's church? Thank Bye, guys. Here you go. First of all, I think it's awesome that we have a partner pastor that loves to throw cheese at other people in boats. Okay. I, I love Thank that. Thank you. That's There's freedom one there. With me. I might have to go to Africa, but <laughs> you guys. That's Ethiopia, yeah. Uh, no, first of all, I mean, we've been, we were on a plane three weeks ago today. Coming back, and just coming back, I was thinking of all the people that I wanted to see, and Rush Church was, like, at the very, very top of the list. Uh, you, this church, individuals, pastor, leadership have just done so much for us in Ethiopia, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But uh, I know it sounds cliche, but we just, we want to tell you thank you, really, for the bottom of our hearts, because uh, you guys are the ones that make this all possible. God makes it possible. But we wouldn't be there if it wasn't for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's never our money. It's always God's money. And I never like to put a price tag on anything. But, but what you guys have, have enabled us to do in, in Ethiopia has been priceless for us. Oh. And priceless for other people that you're going to see in a second. Uh, so that is a picture of Ethiopia right there. If you don't know where Ethiopia is, it's on the Horn of Africa all the way over in the east. Uh, it's surrounded by, uh, it's bordered by the Sudan to the west. Uh, Somalia to the east, Kenya to the south, and uh, Djibouti and Eritrea to the north. Uh, It is the last real Christian stronghold in East Africa. Uh, Everyone around it has a very, I mean, there are Muslims that live in in Ethiopia, but it is a Christian nation, and we thank God for that, (laughs) and we want to keep it that way. Uh, Ethiopia is truly a, it's a, it's a blessed place to live. And I can go on for hours and hours to tell you all the things about uh, what the Lord has enabled us to do in Ethiopia, but I thought it'd be really good to show you pictures of people and pictures of stories uh, that you have enabled us to do in Ethiopia. So the first one here is, uh, th- this is, uh, the man's name is Dereje, his wife's name is Bertikon, and his son is Johannes. And, Yo- and uh, he was a guard for us at our house. And he has a tremendous testimony that Cindy wants to share with you guys. We love them so much. And it's all about relationship and everybody tells you that. And you go to do ministry conferences and we did some of those, you know, things and events. But truly, Africa is changing one person at a time. And so this man, he was our guard. We loved him to death. He he got to know our kids. We loved his little boy. Um, But he was struggling. His wife is in the Orthodox Church. And it's a faith that is all by works no grace and you earn your way to heaven and you know mary is where it's at and 
I think we've, you know, we're familiar with those kind of ideas. And so just very much in bondage to you're never, you're never going to be good enough. So you have to work harder and harder. Um, and so they were struggling. They actually had split up in their marriage for a little while. He had went to jail because of something his brother did wrong. Um, he was just at the lowest place in his life. And, you know, we just kept loving him and praying with him. And he, we would have two guards. One would come for 24 hours. And then another would come for 24 hours. And they kept switching off because you can't live there without guards. Um, and so every time we would see, he's like, I'm just happy when I'm here. And actually at our house in a little, little shack we have in the back that they used, they shared as a room. Joe prayed with him and he accepted the Lord into his heart. And, you know, his wife, it's like, and what God has done since then, we just kept mentoring and loving him. And um, he is in an Assemblies of God church now. He is reading his Bible to his family. He's leading his family. His wife, like the religion that she's from is so controlling that they're not allowed to own a Bible. They're not allowed to touch a Bible. If someone gives them a Bible, they have to give it to the priest and reprint for touching a Bible. Only the priest can tell them what the Bible says. And it's in a language that they don't speak. There's a special language. So they recite this in this other language, and then they can say it means whatever they want. Wow. Yeah, it's scary. Um, and that's what they call the Christian faith in, in that country. So now he brought the, he actually got a better job. He moved out. He's, you know, she's back. They're doing great. He brought the Bible home, and she was like, what is that? And he's like, I'm keeping it. <laughs> and so he would sit and read it quietly. And then she told him, she's like, read it out loud. <laughs> and so she would listen. And she has not given her heart to the Lord yet, but she goes to church with him. And the last, the Sunday before he left, she, the whole family came to church with us. And he told us he is in the process of becoming a deacon at their church. Praise God. And she had so many questions. And she told us, she's like, I am happy. So we know that she's, you know, it's her journey, and God, she's just that close. So we praise God for them. Praise the Lord. So that's Derek. <laughs> yes. Wow. You've probably, if you've been coming to Rush for any length of time, you've probably seen this guy, this guy's face here and his family. His name is pronounced Sagai. His, uh, his wife's name is Sebele, and his daughter's name is Bemnetz, which means by faith. And he named her that for a reason. And Cindy's going to tell you about that. He has an, he has, if you thought Derajay's testimony was awesome, Sagai's, te Sagai's testimony, I don't know if it would top it, but it ranks right up there with Derajay's testimony. I like to tell stories. That's why I get to do this part. <laughs> Sagai came and took Derajay's job. So he was our guard as well. And the thing is, is he knows English. He has a teaching degree. He was a private tutor. He is way overqualified to be a guard. But he had stopped working about a, um, nine months before we met him because that little girl was born with cerebral palsy. And so they told them when she was born she was going to die. I'm sorry, spina bifida. I said it wrong. They told her she would die. She would never live. And him and his wife, Sebele, named her by faith, Bemnetz. And not only did she live, but they, you, know, she's, she's, you can see she's alive. They told her she would never sit up. Um, in January, she started sitting up on her own. They told him that she would be delayed and retarded. She's exactly where a one-year-old should be. Wow, praise um, God. They told us, uh, she can count. It's so cute. She goes, on, hula. So, like, she counts, like, every other little one-and-a-half-year-old. Um, but the most amazing thing is they said she'd never walk. She'll never move, you know? And we were at their house around Easter time, and we sat there, and there's a video of me squealing. She's wiggling her foot. 
She's not walking yet, but she's moving her foot. She's trying to lift her knee. And every time I look at her, I'm like, man, I need to have Zagai's faith. Because I'm going to be honest. I pray, and God has challenged me. Every time I prayed for her, I prayed by hope. Really, like I hoped. But there's a difference between hope and faith. We need them both. But faith is a little stronger. And he taught us what it meant to have faith. So he took his, the job at our house, even though he's way overqualified because God told him to. And he was offered a higher paying job. And he had just told this, this, what, two nights before he left. He's like, I actually could have made more money, but God told me this is where to come. Because his testimony was that eight years ago, God called him to ministry. And he's been serving God and just loving him. And, and his daughter and his wife, they're amazing. And just through our relationship with him and getting to know him, you guys are the ones that put him in Bible college. And he has a full scholarship because of this church for Bible college. Yeah. And he actually, when they went in and he had to declare his major, his major is missions. Missions. And he said the reason why is as much as he loves us, like he loves us Americans, he knows that there's places in Africa we can't go. Wow. And he said, Bumnet's going to walk with him and they're going to minister together. So. Praise God. I think, um, I'm just stirred right now, I think we should pray for this little girl. I, I believe that God is already in the midst of a miracle, um, that leg moving. They have a video of that, and I didn't get that into the set yet, but I've got the video of this little girl starting to move her leg where they said they couldn't, she shouldn't be able to. So we're seeing a miracle happening. And not about you, but by faith. I know there's enough faith in this place today. It, it doesn't take, the Bible says the faith of a mustard seed will move a mountain. Now about you, it also talks about agreement. When two, two are together and agree upon one thing, it shall be given to him. I don't know about you, but who wants to see the little girl walk? Let me see the hands of those who want to see a little girl walk. And, and how many people believe God can? Keep, keep those hands up. If those believe that you, you want the best for this little girl, who wants to see Jesus lifted up? Okay, so we have our hands raised because we're in agreement together. That means God sees agreement, and he loves agreement. So we're going to pray for this little girl. We believe before they go back to Africa, they're going to get stories already about a little girl walking, where the doctors say, I don't understand this. We're just agreeing with their prayers already. This is not nothing new. We, we believe in God's prayers. And so we're agreeing with you, Martins, of a miracle for this little girl. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pronounce her name correctly. Bemnet? Yeah. Bemnet. Good thing God knows her name. Let's pray by faith. Father, we, we raised our hands believing that we want to see the little girl walk. We don't want a, 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 a disease to, to hinder the work of Jesus in this little girl's life. They named her correctly because there's something that's going to happen that Jesus will be glorified. We want Jesus lifted up. We want a little girl to walk. And God, we want to see this family touched in Jesus' name. We thank you that he's going into missions. God, you've called him by name. You've called him out to be a servant for you. And Lord, I thank you for Bible College. I thank you that in the midst of this church, you raised up the funds to send this man to college. But God, that's just an education. God, you've already spoken to his heart. He's already a leader amongst missions. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for the Martin's connection. Lord, today we lift up a little girl. And by faith in this room, as we agree, we want to see a miracle. Not to prove who you are. You're already who you are. 
But we want to see, Lord, you say as miracles, signs, and wonders will follow the proclamation of your word. Lord, we're proclaiming that Jesus took the stripes on his back, that we would have healing today. Lord, you say we will be healed because of what Jesus did. That means Jesus did it for reasons, and reason is for a healing. I pray that those people in this place today will receive healing today too. Lord, it's just not for little girls, for all of us, Lord, who are afflicted. And so, Lord, I thank you that you will demonstrate your love through a little girl. May she walk. May she proclaim the glorious Jesus Christ we put our faith in. And, Lord, as we declare it today, we will see it because we agree upon that in Jesus' name. And everyone who agree will say amen. amen. That little picture, uh, the picture on the top right up there underneath uh, on top where it says Bemnet, that's actually her first birthday. And uh, <laughs> from doctors and surgeons at a hospital that said that give up, there's no chance she won't have a quality of life. 365 days later, she's still alive, and she's still doing well right now. So. Praise God. <laughs> and, with, and with missions, Sagai, he wants to go to places like Pastor Jim said where we can't go, where, where literally white people cannot go uh, because it's too dangerous. But he wants to go to Somalia. He wants to go to, to North Sudan. He wants to go where the places where the gospel wasn't heard yet. Jesus, thank so. you. Thank you. Thank you, Rush Church, for raising the fund to send him. That's the start of it. All he needs is a piece of paper. God doesn't need that, but he needed to be educated so he can be sent. And you guys did that. Thank you so much, Rush Church, for touching his family. We're going to see many stories from that, I know. Yeah. We got another story. We do. Oh, goodness. This is so much fun. Now, who likes stories in here? <laughs> oh, Everybody has a story. Even, even us that have been saved for years and years, we still have a story of how we got to this point. So, and a lot of these stories are just starting, and it's really good to be a part of that. So, and we're so happy to be a part of that. This is Matthewus. Uh, Matthewus has a has a has a has a lot of negative stories with him, but his negative story has turned around to the positive. <laughs> and once again, Cindy's going to tell you about that. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> so this, okay, by the grace of God, this little boy is my son. He tells everyone that I'm his mother. And I love him like a son, and that the day we got on the plane was the hardest thing. But I know he's where God wants him to be, but I wanted to selfishly bring him home with us. And my kids will ask, how is their brother doing in Africa? That's the only thing. They're very happy to be back here right now, but they keep asking, how is he doing? Um, we met him shortly after we moved there, and it's amazing how kind of how slow this story was, but he... Um, He's a homeless boy, and he lived under the bridge right by our house. And we have met probably hundreds of homeless little boys, but this one is our boy. And so we, we got to know him, and at first, you know, he did. He just begged like everybody else. But every time we went to the store, he'd follow us. And we knew no Amharic at first, but he didn't care. And he'd walk, and little by little, Abigail would let him hold her hand. And he'd run with them, or he'd just follow us, and... And then he stopped begging, and he just wanted to walk with us. And then he'd make sure other kids that came to bother, because Abigail, after a while, got real nervous because she was too popular. Her hair was too pretty, and they wanted to touch her, and <laughs> she didn't enjoy going to, to, we'd have to put it in a bun before we went to the store. But he would follow her and tell everybody to leave her alone. And we still, it took us so long, we have very little Amharic language still, um, 
So it seemed like a year and a half we couldn't hardly communicate with him. But a couple times we took him to dinner. And the one time we took him to dinner, we bought him a hamburger, and he ate very little. And I kept saying, Nibla, Nibla, which means eat with us. And he, he ate, and he picked. And I said, okay, we'll pack it up. And, and I thought maybe I didn't, he didn't like what I ordered. I ordered my hamburger. I thought, well, maybe I didn't have enough language. I ordered something bad. But he picked at it, and we packed it up. And we, we walked back. And when we walked back, we have to go under the bridge every time we go to our house. As soon as we got to the bridge, he gave me a hug. And I said, okay, ciao. And he ran to the other little homeless boys and pulled it out and started giving them all the, the fries. And the so we just love him to death. And, and it wasn't until right before we were getting ready to leave that it just the burden sank in my heart. Like, I can't leave him. Yeah, we've done little things for him here and there, but I can't leave him. We can't leave him under this bridge. And it is amazing how his story actually connects with the guys. Because the guy, our guard, said, I'm ready to start being a missionary. And it's a guy has taken us through all the steps to help this little boy get a home. And it's a guy has said, I'll be his father. Mm. <laughs> Even though Joe, he's got two. Because <laughs> he calls Joe's dad. But he's a guy, which that's why you see Matthew with little Bemnet there. And that's Johannes from the first week. All of these families are now connected. People that would have never known each other. But it's a guy's mentoring him. And Matthew has had, oh my gosh, he's. It's bad. He's been in jail. He's being abused. Like, he, under the streets, we didn't find out until right before we were getting ready to leave how hard it was for him and it, how hard it's been. And there's things he won't tell me because when the man who, he's in a program called Horizon Boys now, who's going to get him home, get him medical care, get him in school. They're going to teach him to write. He knows how to read. And the man who was translating for us, I was saying, what's more of his story? It was like the first I was getting really to hear the background. And he said, he won't tell me. And I said, why? And he said, it will break your heart. He doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want, like, he didn't want to see me cry. And he wrote me this little letter, and I've got it laminated home, like, right the week before he left, my dear mother. And the rest of it's, you know, tear-soaked. <laughs> um, but he's not there yet. Like, he's, he's just... And I kept thinking, God, why didn't we do this sooner? But I know it's in God's timing. God is bringing all the things together. And so there's that part where I didn't want to leave. Um, he, they were going through the paperwork and meeting the Tuesday after we got back to America to get him placed in his home. And so I haven't heard for sure if he's in his home yet, and it's killing me. And I know with African technology, it's probably going to be months. <laughs> but by faith, I'm believing that he's in his home now. But I know he's in good hands because the guy is looking after him, and God's looking after him. Praise the Lord. So wow. this is him. Oh, yeah, our last Sunday, he was at church with us, wow. and he came up, and the pastor, like, he wanted to publicly say how God has changed his life. Just. Okay, I got to get some Kleenex. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good gravy. Am I the only one? Okay, who's crying in here, too? Okay, I get Kleenex right up here if you guys need it. If I went down and made myself know, know so you guys can do it too, okay, thank you. This that did it right there. Yeah, so uh, he's where he needs to be, and he's in God's hand, and I can be okay with that. Oh, so that's my boy. Yeah, it's your boy. I love stories like that. Mm. All right, babe. <laughs> so many of you have followed us on Facebook. We have, a, we, have a, we have a Facebook ministry page called Martins for Africa. Uh, and many of you have posted things and liked pictures, and we thank you for that. It, it, you know, with social media the way it is now, I mean, even being 8,000 miles away from home, we can still connect on a, 
on some kind of level to keep our people back in the States uh, yeah, up to date on what, on what we're doing over there. Because, you know, it used to be you sent a letter like back in the 70s or 80s and hoped it got there by Easter, in, like from January, hoped it got there in Easter and hoped you got a response for it by summertime. Now, I mean, I can get on my phone. I, 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 there's a couple occasions I would call Pastor Jim on Facebook Messenger like he was like right across the street from me talking to him in real time. You know, I like se- techie stuff, so that's good. Seven hour difference. I had to, I had to pay attention on what I was calling him. But, <laughs> but uh, you followed us on Facebook uh, of all the things that the Lord enabled us to do over there. And uh, in February of this year, uh, the Lord, I, I started praying, you know, Lord, we've been here for two years. This is what we've been doing. We, we want to come back. What do you want us to do when we come back? And there was a lot of things that were making sense to me when he was speaking to me. I, 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 fat, prayed, I prayed and fasted for three days. And uh, the Lord said, uh, your ministry, your, the ministry focus when you come back is going to change. Uh, so we were in the city of Addis Ababa, which is the capital right in the, right in the, right in the center of the, uh, the country. Uh, and we have a missionary friend. Her name is Carrie Johnson. She's the, the little white girl there. <laughs> uh, she was an independent m- missionary way down south, about a day and a half drive out of the city in a little city called Jinka. And it's on that map up there. You see the little dot that says Jinka, way down by the Sudanese, south Sudanese border. And uh, she, had, she just became ordained with the Assemblies of God as a missionary. Mm. And she's been praying for years to send her a team. She's a single woman in her early 40s, ministering by herself down south. And she's been praying for years, Lord, send me a team down here to help me. Mm. Because, you know, being, being in Africa is one thing, but being a woman in Africa, there are limitations. And, and it is bad. You know, uh, I believe men and women can minister the same. But in, in Africa, women are, are kind of looked down upon. So there's a lot of places where women can't get into ministry-wise, okay? So the Lord spoke to me, and I started speaking life into my, uh, uh, speaking what, uh, what the Lord wanted us to do, was, was telling me to do, of, of, like about what he was wanted us to do for our next term. And uh, our next term is going to consist of us moving out of the city, and moving down to that little dot called Jinka, which uh, we're going from a city of like eight or nine million to a city of maybe 40 or 50,000. Uh, and it is literally the last city on, literally on the road. Uh, the road, fr- the main road from Addis stops in Jinka. And then you are on four wheel drive dirt roads and sometimes walking through the bush. And what she does down there is she ministers to the traditional Ethiopian African tribal people down there. There are 18 unreached tribal groups in the south down there. The region is called the region of the southern people. Uh, they're so rural that they don't have a, uh, a classified name uh, to their district. So like in the north, there's like the Afar district, the Amhara district, uh, the, Oromo, the, the Oromifa district. They're just called the people of the south. So it can't get any more rural than that. So, uh, but she ministers, and she has she has made contacts in is it fourteen or fifteen? Fifteen of the eighteen tribes down there. Wow. And there are there's a very small number of converts within the tribes, but unless you get a hold of the tribal leader, the tribe doesn't get converted. 
the gentleman in the middle there standing with me, uh, his name is Pastor Jonas. He is the only pastor, the only AG pastor in the city of Jinka. One church in that city. And he, in the last year and a half, I, I spoke to him for a couple hours one night. Uh, in the last year and a half, his church has started six other churches now. Praise God. Uh, so literally, I mean, it, it, it sounds bad, but he stopped planting churches just because when he goes and ministers to a people group, the very next Sunday he comes back, there's a church planted already with 150, 200 people at it. Wow. The only problem is that there's, there's not adequate leadership to lead the church. So literally the first person that gets saved is the pastor. So, his, so he's been praying for the last couple of years to say, send someone down here to train our people, to train our pastors down here, to train our converts. So what our ministry focus is going to be in the next, whenever we get back, uh, God willing, and hopefully in a year, is to work with Carrie down south, uh, planting churches among the indigenous tribes of Ethiopia, getting converts in those tribes, and also planting a satellite Bible college in the south. So uh, Global University has satellite Bible colleges all over, the, all over the world. That's why they're called Global University. And they have a, a Bible college in the city called Addis Bible College. And one of our initiatives as a missionary team was to get satellite Bible college, at least one in the north and one in the south. So I started telling our leadership in Africa and in, East, in Ethiopia and in East African leadership about what our heart was. And they said, well, we know we're planning our next Bible college. We're, we're planning it down south with you guys. So our next term is going is to look like, is going to be doing the traditional book of Acts Paul going into an unreached people group and saying, this is who Jesus is, and this is, and he's the way, the truth, and the life. He is. Oh, I yes. think that's on our next slide, yeah. Yep. There it is right Praise there. God. John 14, 6. Yes. And I went, I, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, for, it wasn't long, but I went back and forth. I said, I looked at these pictures, and I said, <laughs> I did a lot of my, all of our ministry was in urban Africa. 10 million people in the middle of a city. Uh, people ask what, what Addis Ababa looks like, and you saw a little bit of a driving through it. It, it. It's like, it's New York City in Africa. It's New York City, but there's goats, and there's donkeys, and there's homeless people begging for money all over the, all over the place. And we did urban Africa, but the Lord was saying, can you, do, can you do roller Africa? Can you minister to people that have dishes in their lips like that? Can you minister to people that, that have that worship the trees? Can you minister to people that wash their hair with butter? Can you, can, you, can, can you worship people that sometimes have no clothes on? Can you worship the people that, uh, can you minister to people that look like that? And the Lord just told me, he's like, you know what? I came to the world to minister to those people. And I love those people just as much as I love the people in, in the city. I love those people as much as I love Rush Church. I love those people as much as I love anybody in the world. And even though they look different, it's, that verse, John 14, 6, still means the same thing for every person in the world. That's right. It doesn't matter if you're, at, if, if you're American, European, it doesn't matter if you have dishes in your lips. Yes. It says, I have the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, to Father, except through me. And there's right. nobody down there telling them that. So that's our ministry focus, is to go down into the rural tribes of Africa, into Ethiopia, and see, and see lives, and see lives change, to see souls one for the kingdom, because we want to see them one day in heaven. Yes. Praise the Lord. So we want to thank you guys again 
uh, for being there for the, for the last two years for us, for following us, for keeping us in your prayers. And then we, uh, we look forward to the next three years. We plan on going down there for the next three years at least. Uh, long term to see a Bible college plan down there, to train, to disciple leadership down there. But it's all about God, and it's all about getting those people into the kingdom with us. That's right. Those who are part of missions, love missions, come on down here, you two. We're going to pray for you. Uh, Let's gather around them. And uh, we we believe the Bible talks about commissioning, laying hands, and commissioning people all over the world. And I believe that that's what we need to do in any church where there's people that are being sent. So if you, I I know probably get kind of tied up here. If you want to, those who want to stay in your seat, just extend your hand forward. We're going to we're going to pray over them, bless them, and uh, know that God has uh, a plan in the midst of all of this. And we're not to be confused with that. Um, Lord, we just take one step at a time, don't we? Uh, the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. We don't have to know everything. We just have to take the step, don't we? And Father, I thank you, Lord, for Joe and Cindy Martin. What wonderful stories were shared today about what you were doing in the midst of their ministry. And Lord, I thank you that they had the opportunity to come into Rush today and explain some of the things that had happened. Lord, we lift up every one of these families that have been touched in Jesus' name. You have planted into the hearts of these. We pray for that harvest to come to bear much fruit. And Lord, we don't plant seed and not expect a plant to grow. And so Lord, we expect plants to grow. Seeds that are planted will bear much fruit. Lord, we thank you for them. We ask for protection around them. And Lord, as they have to raise financials, Lord, I pray in this church, if there's anybody that's moved and want to be a part of Africa and this new mission of theirs to go down and to help people find Jesus, not only that, to build leadership with a college so that they can learn and to actually be pastors of churches. Lord, they need leadership. And so thank you, Lord, for that new ministry. But God, I pray for those moved in here as we extend hands to them and we say, bless them in Jesus' name. We know we don't really need to ask for it. All they have to do is walk in his calling and they will already be blessed. They'll be totally blessed for everything they need to do. But Lord, we're asking right now, give them the gifts they need to operate in. Let fear be released and add faith added to. Lord, we're asking that you would do great things in their lives. Get everything in order with them. We ask that they would have their focused ears on you that they would be able to hear your voice and walk according to what you want them to do each and every day. Lord, they're here for a year, then they're going back. Lord, I pray in that year here, they'll be very profitable that everything they need will be gathered unto them. Lord, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. Lord, I pray that all these other things will be added unto them, everything that they need and all the provisions that they would go and have no need, but Lord, only to rely on you there to lead them and guide them. Thank you, Lord, for this couple. Thank you for their family. Thank you for their children. Protect them. Again, Lord, we ask for protection over this family. And Lord, we thank you for them to celebrate with us today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, praise God for the stories today. Yes, come on. Grab the mic if you need to share something. Yes. Here we go. To make sure they hear you. Oh, I do too. <laughs> this is a very, 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 very small gift that we brought back from Ethiopia for the church. 
<laughs> and, I, and, it, and it represents, I believe it represents Pastor Jim, it represents the leadership, and it represents the church as a whole. And I'll describe it to you after oh. you open it. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's heavy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, we have a rhinoceros, right? I mean, there's a story behind this. Yes, there is. Okay. So the, so, uh, the rhinoceros in general is somewhat of a timid animal if it's left alone. But if the lions and the predators come after it, it will start fighting back with that huge foot and a half to two foot horn that's on top of its head. It's not one of the animals that uh, likes to pick a fight, but it will fight if it's provoked. Okay? And that's exactly what I believe the church is in general and what Rush Church is. Rush Church, when it's left alone, will sit back and do its day-to-day -day thing. But I believe once the enemy comes to attack it... Amen. Right there, buddy. That's right. I think... I, I'm still having culture shock in America, okay? <laughs> we followed America, but we saw America from a different view in, Af in Africa. And coming back here, we know that the church is under attack. We know that just everything good in this nation is under attack now. And I believe, I believe that in the next couple months, in the next ye couple years, that horn of Rush Church is going to be one of the fighting forces that fights back against the, the enemies and the principalities of the world. Thank you, Lord. And that's exactly what the rhinoceros represents. Thank you, Jesus. So, Thank you again, and I hope this is a blessing for you guys, too. Oh, okay? it is. It's a reminder. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it so much. We're doing a partnership meeting today, aren't we? Who wants to be part of the Rhino Club? I'm telling you right now. We carry a big club, don't we? Right there, that horn. And we're going to take around. I don't know about you. I don't want to be pushed. I don't get pushed around. How about you? Does anybody here like me pushed around? Not this church. We're not going to be told what to do, how to do it. We're going to just follow Jesus. I don't know about the most radical man ever read about was Jesus Christ. How about you? You better know anybody that's more radical than he. He will walk into a place, take ownership of it. He speak boldly. People say, who? Who is this that speaks with authority? I want to speak with authority. I've got my horn going. You got yours growing? We're, going to, we're not going to be pushed around. Thank you for that gift. That's incredible. Oh, Jesus is good. I'm going to sit it right there on our table. I like that. Thank you very much. Mm. God is good. How many people believe in his goodness? How many people here believe in his goodness? It doesn't always look good on the outside, does it, around us? But Jesus is always good. It says in his word, all good and perfect things come from the Father of lights. Do we know him? Do you know him today? I want to get into a, the Lord's been wrecking me, and I your story today again wrecked me because he spoke to me in the middle of the night and he woke me up and said, one word is fatherless. And I believe most of what we deal with today, and let me tell you, most of what we deal with today is because there's fathers who have not been fathers. There are churches that don't even understand the father's love. There's churches that do rituals and think they're going to get the Father's approval. God doesn't need that. He says, you're going to give me sacrifices? I want obedience. The Bible says this. It says, Jesus says to himself, it says, if you love me, you will obey me. 
If there's love in your heart towards Christ, you obey what he tells you to do. If he tells you to go to Africa, it doesn't matter. We don't know where it is. All of a sudden, he says, Lord, what do you want from me? Here I am, send me. And he says, I want you to go to the South Africa where the road stops. You will start it. Isn't it awesome what God will do if you listen? See, we in America can often be dis- distracted. And I, I say this, I know often, I'm, I don't want to belittle this. I'm just telling you, in America, often we can have so much on our agenda. Don't we? we? We fill up the day. My day was pretty busy even today. And some of you have come to me as we started, and you know me. My head's on one thing, and I'm trying to. So would you just forget? Would you all forgive me this morning? If you came in today, and I was over here in left field, and you walked by, and I didn't say hello, and I didn't hug you, will you forgive me today? Because I don't know you. I'm human. There's only so much I can carry, just like you. And if I miss you, I hope you don't find offense towards me. Because that can happen too. But we are in a family here. My, my goal is this, to be a father to you. And as Paul would write, I w- he wanted to be a father to people. And that doesn't mean you, you help someone find Jesus and you leave. A father doesn't do that. That's why you've got a connection to that young man. A homeless boy, are you kidding me, on the street? Who would open their house to that? See, in Africa, that's a different culture. You open your home. Today, would you open your home to a homeless person? See, we're challenged by that story and how you want to get back to make sure he's okay. See, that's a father's heart. And when we know the father, we become like the father, don't we? If we know Jesus, we become like Jesus. We become a light because he's the light. We become love because he's love. And so the more we know Jesus, the more we can love people. The more we know Jesus, the more we can be a light to those people. And the more we do that, people become attracted to that. And as they come, we've got to father them. So I'm coming in the house. You need a place to stay. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying today that if you were rocked, I was rocked by the stories. Isn't it good what God does around the world? <laughs> Is Jesus doing something right now in your life? Isn't it good news that Jesus says, I'll continue to do the good work in you until the day of completion? Isn't it good that God starts a good work in you because he loves you? But let me tell you something. It doesn't start, Jesus said. You know, some people believe God just be involved in your life. Isn't that what we hear today? People hold offense towards God because they think, God, you, you should just love me and you should give me what I need. We do it often. And when things don't go our way, we blame God, don't we? Well, Lord, that's not what I expected. And so I'll take offense towards you because, Lord, you know what I need. I can't believe this happened here. I can't believe this is happening over here. God, don't you love me? You hear that? Because this is going on here and this person over here, is, I, I just don't, Lord, I don't know where you are. I don't see you. You're not moving. See, we just expect God to move, don't we? Lord, you're in need, so you, you expect that. And here's the most offensive thing. Lord, here's, here's a believer. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does this person that knows Jesus, why do they suffer? There must not be a God. You hear that before? We just expect God to do that because he's love. Let me ask you a question. This gives you something to think about today. In his book, he says this. I discipline you because I... I will discipline you because I... So often when we see discipline, we don't see love, do we? So when the Lord says, I'm going to leave you there because I'm going to teach you something. And in that, you become frustrated. You're frustrated with people. You're frustrated with yourself. 
You've learned to look down on yourself. I'm not good enough. And he's right there. And the Lord says, I'm going to keep you there. I'm going to keep you there until I can teach you there. And then when I can teach you, then I move you on. See, often we're in a place where Jesus is teaching us because he loves us. It's discipline, but we don't think it of love. It can't be love because it's discipline. How many people have children in this house? Do you like to discipline them? No. As a matter of fact, we ground our children for a week. Wasn't it, honey, a week? <laughs> That's a big words. It's not easy to raise children. We love them, but we know we're called to discipline them. And it seems like you need to separate. Well, the discipline is this thing and love is... No, love and discipline are together. You love them and you discipline them. You discipline them because you love them. That's what the Father does with us. Isn't it good? Who's going to raise their hand and say, Thank you, Lord, for the discipline. I raise my hand today and say, Thank you, Jesus, for the discipline. Because the discipline comes and I can say, Because you love me, you discipline me. I'm a different man tomorrow than I am today because you don't give up your good work. You see, he says he'll continue the good work until the day of completion. Did he not say that? And so the good work looks like this. He says, I will come and I will prune the fruit. Doesn't he say that in his word? I prune fruit. What's he got to see fruit before he prunes it? Isn't it good they sees fruit in you and me? And here comes the discipline. That's the pruning. That's the, that's the pruning. Who wants to bear more fruit? Let me see your hands today. Who wants to bear more fruit for Jesus? You know what that means? You need to be pruned. Who wants to be pruned? You see, you can't grow in Jesus without discipline. You can't grow in Jesus <laughs> unless you get pruned. Unless it's cutting away. You know, one thing is this. He says, if I see a tree and it bears no fruit, it is dead. And I cut it down and I throw it in the fire. Who wants to be in the fire? So here it is today. We thank you for the stories of Africa. We thank you for missionaries that are going. We thank you for Jesus. Joe and Cindy Martin that went to, to Africa because they heard the call of God and they obeyed. Obedience <laughs> comes at a price. Are you willing to give it? See the hands. Are you willing to give it? Obedience comes at a price. Is it okay if your world gets a little rocked for Jesus? Is it okay for your world to get rocked for Jesus? But I guarantee when you step it up, you step out, Jesus will be there. He says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. My love will never end. Oh, Jesus is so good. Well, we're getting ready to close here. Thank you for your wonderful stories. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's pray for that young man right now. What, I'm not sure the names of the homeless boy. I'm going to just say the homeless boy in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift yes. up him today. <laughs> See, this is an amazing story. We take a boy from the street, he doesn't even understand, has no father in his life, has no mother in his life, he's just abandoned. But Jesus, you could take an abandoned young boy and put him in a home, you can knock on his heart, he can open up his heart, and he can become a child of God. And you could take a homeless boy, 
put him in a family of God and make him somebody. You have that already inscribed in his plan, your plan, ever since he was born. Homelessness, was that part of your plan? Well, someone would say, well, if it's homeless, that's not of God. But Lord, you can turn whatever was meant to be evil, that the devil meant, you can turn it for what is good for God. And Lord, you turn what was meant to destroy your young boy, and you put him in a place that now he can serve God and become the boy and the man that you called him to be. Lord, I love it when young boys, young men, old men, women, children say yes to Jesus, and they say, I will obey whatever you put before me. I will not say no, I will say yes. And as we take that step, steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. As soon as we take the step, Lord, we thank you that you enlighten our path by your word. Lord, thank you for this young boy in the arms of Jesus. Lord, what are you capable of doing for this young man? It is going to be incredible to hear. Lord, we thank you for this day as we gather for the rest of this service, Lord. And as music comes, Lord, may our hearts be open to say yes to Jesus, to obey him, and not hold back and leave the times of discipline. We will never hold offense towards you, God, when you choose to start and complete that work in us, that good work. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. I'm in awe. As the team comes on up.